Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. He said, well, that's where I'm going. I said, yeah, I know. That's why I was coming. He said, why don't you come preach for me? Okay. We have three services. Okay. Bye. Come on, it's a man's world. Hallelujah. It's how real men talk on the phone. Come on, somebody say amen. <laughs> but I so, so appreciate him and, and praise God. Appreciate you as a church family. We love you and we just feel to be a part of this ministry and church, you know, and, and as as co laborers and friends and love love Pastor Rusty and Leah both very much and thank God for the work they're doing here. Amen. Aren't you glad? that you have wonderful pastors like them. Praise the Lord. And aren't you glad to be a part of Island Church? Amen. If I lived in Galveston, this is where I'd go to church. Amen. Praise the Lord, but I don't, so I just come every so often. Hallelujah. How many of you brought your Bible this morning? I opened up to Psalm 91, if you would. I'm going to talk to you this morning about uh, getting your front end aligned. Come on. We're going to... I mean, anybody ever had a front end problem? You got out of line? And uh, I mean, you know, when your front end gets out of line, it, it, you pull to the right most of the time. And uh, it still wears your tires out. Tires out. Come on. I mean, uh, hallelujah. You know, you get your front end out of line, and it messes things up. And usually pulls to the right. Sometimes it pulls to the left. I said this morning in early service, I'd rather get pulled to the right than to the left. Come on. <laughs> you know, you get pulled to the right, you wind up in the ditch. You get pulled to the left, you have a head-on collision. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm more right-leaning than I am left-leaning. Enough about politics. Praise the Lord. We'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> preach the message. But I was, uh, a lady brought me a horse a while back, said she needed, uh, needed me to look to see if I could fix his feet because he was pigeon-toed, a real bad pigeon-toed. And I'm, those of you who don't know me, I'm a horseshoer also. Uh, and uh, I said, yeah, I can fix his feet. But I said, uh, his feet's not the problem. She said, what's his problem? I said, he's got mental problems. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> she, after she got over her fence, she said, what do you mean he's got mental problems? I said, well, he's, you know, I said, something's wrong because it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a, a confirmation issue that he has. It's a wear issue. Something's out of line in his brain. I said, what do y'all do with the horse? I said, well, they just ride him in a round pen. So what do you mean? They said, that's all they ever do is ride him in a 50-foot round pin. They go around in circles one way, around in circles the other way. He said, well, that's his problem because then after they turn him out, he goes stand in the corner and walk around in a circle. Come on, somebody say amen. And so his, his shoes would wear and his feet would wear to where they, eventually he would be completely pigeon-toed. So I straightened his feet out and said, what are we going to do about this now? But Brother Jeff, I said, well, somebody needs to get on and ride him straight for a while. And they said, well, they're afraid he'll buck. And I said, well, then just let me ride him. So I saddled him up, and we took off, and I rode him down the road. And he kept wanting to turn right and turn left, turn right, turn left. He kept trying to get off the, off the road, you know. He kept trying to turn, kept trying to turn. I fought him. I just I kept kicking him on both sides and riding him between the bridle range. You know, I said, keeping his head going straight. And we rode for a couple of miles, and he kept trying to turn. And finally, we got in a, a trail where he didn't have any place to go. He was looking for some place to go, but he didn't have any place to go. And finally, he kind of started relaxing. And after about three or four miles, he kind of relaxed, and we got to a creek, you know, and he wasn't going to cross, and we fought for a long time. But, you know, 
My wife says I like mules because I'm hard-headed. And I don't win too many, I don't lose too many battles of hard heads. Come on, somebody say amen. I, you know, and so I stayed there until finally he, he crossed the creek and headed up the right of way. When he crossed the creek, it was like something clicked in his brain. And his tail went up, his head went up, and he took off running down the trail, going straight. Come on, somebody say amen. We ran all the way around the loop back to the house, and I loaded him in a trailer. I said, ride him straight from now on. Come on, somebody say amen. See, a lot of people have got the same problem. They got mental problems, and they just go around in circles all the time. And they've worn themselves into a place where they keep passing the same problems and dealing with the same issues and going through the same things because they're out of line. Come on, Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells. The Amplified Bible says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Y'all put the Amplified back so I don't climb back in steps again. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's too much work. <laughs> Who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose power no foe can withstand. Hallelujah. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose power no foe can withstand. Now listen, the devil knows that when he comes against you, if you're overshadowed by the power and the presence of God that he's no match for us. Come on, nothing. I mean, he just bounces off. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, he can do what he wants. There's no power, hallelujah, there's no power, there's no foe that can withstand this power of God. So the, the enemy is, is constantly at work, not attacking you directly, but indirectly to get you out of alignment to get you to pull to the right or pull to the left to cause mental problems in your life. Come on, to get you thinking wrong. Come on, look at somebody and say, to get you thinking wrong. See, if he can get you thinking to where it's pulling you off to the right or pulling you off to the left, hallelujah, then he can get you out from under the shadow of the Almighty by pulling you out of the secret place. And you know, most alignment problems you have with your car are a result of a pothole or you hitting something that knocks something loose. It's either from something that you hit or some something that you wore out. Come on, somebody say amen. I mean, I've got I got trucks that's got hundred and how much got hundred and forty thousand miles on it. And I live in Shelby County and ninety three percent of our roads are dirt roads. I mean I had to drive a mile down a dirt road to get to my house. Come on, somebody say amen. And you know, that's rough on your front end. Even though it's a heavy duty truck with heavy-duty suspension, made for heavy-duty work. You drive it up a bumpy dirt road all the time, and eventually, well, the other day, I looked, and the front tire was completely worn. You could see the wires. Come on. And the, <laughs> the, the metal was showing, you know. And on the inside, the outside of the tire looked good. So just from the outside, you, you thought everything was cool, but you got to looking, and the tire was ready to blow up. So I took it and said, I found me a good used tire because I wasn't going to put a new tire on it. Come on. Found me a good one. The guy said, for 50 bucks, two of them for $50. I said, and that's mounted. I said, I praise the Lord. <laughs> if I'm going to have to give that much for them, I expect them to be mounted. Come on, somebody say amen. 
and, uh, and they actually matched the other tires. So that was going was to work out real good. But he said, he said, I wouldn't put them on there until you get the front end fixed. I said, well, what's wrong with the front end? He said, the ball joints are wore out, the pitman arms wore out, and the tie rod ends are no good. And they jacked it up, and the front end would just wobble like that. I said, how much would that cost? And they called and find out about it. It said, $1,200. I said, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Come on. I went and found my friend Wayne. Wayne knows what we call him. Wayne O the wino. And if you can get him to work before 3 o'clock in the afternoon, your truck will get fixed. But you got to hit him first, right, when he gets out, you know. And uh, I said, Wayne, how much it cost me to get new ball joints, new tie rod in? And he said, less than $500. I said, you got the job. But you got to babysit him. That's the problem. You got to stay there with him, you know, Wayne. Okay, Wayne, work on my truck, you know. He's trying to reach for the bud, bud of the Miller Lite. Hallelujah. And you wait, wait, Wayne, 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 truck, truck. He's a good mechanic if you can keep him sober. Come on, somebody say amen. And uh, and the amazing thing is, is you know what? In the midst of all of it, he, I, he, he, he wants me to start telling him what the Bible says about this and what the Bible says about that. Come on. I mean, he gets about a six-pack down, and I can preach anything all day long to him. And he's like, he's, amen, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And it's working on him because he, he keeps coming back for more. You know, sometimes you got to not judge your con congregation. You know, I got mine's different than y'all's. I mean, y'all have a clean, you know, sober pretty much. My my guys are all drunk, you know, and they, they the other day they were sitting there and and they didn't even know I sang. I walked up and said, Did you have I give y'all one of these? He said, No, who is that? I said, it's me and the ring. He said, Really? Y'all sing? Yeah. We've been working on a hay baler. I said, Yeah. He said, and I, I actually I had helped him install a, a CD player in his truck. They couldn't read Spanish. So they gave me the instructions and said, can you read this? And I said, yeah. I said, I can read Spanish. I said, that ain't Spanish. <laughs> well, what is it? It's French. <laughs> Where'd you buy a CD player for your truck that's in French? <laughs> I figured it out, you know. Close enough. I got it all figured out and got it all hooked up, so they wanted to test it, but nobody had a CD. So I, I pulled one out of my truck and plugged it in. Who's that? That's me. Uh-uh. Yeah, they all sat down. The whole group of them sat down right there in the shop. Just quit working on the hay baler. Quit working on the truck. They all sat down and listened to all 11 songs on that CD without saying a word. I mean, sitting there like this. I didn't have to say a word. I just walked out and said, See you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, when, 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 we, when I got my front end all aligned, I still had a tire problem. Come on. See, a lot of times you've got to get the whole process back in alignment. So first of all, if you want to be in line with the secret place, and the shadow of the Almighty, you got to get your mind right. Come on, touch somebody and say, he's talking to you. Because some of you look like you've hit a few potholes. 
and got knocked out of line a little bit. Come on, somebody say amen. You're aware. Now, on the outside, it doesn't show too much, but when we really start looking kind of on the inside, we can see the wear pattern where your metal's showing. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. He said, I, I want to I line you up this morning. I'm the alignment technician that wants to get you back in line because literally that word shadow of the Almighty means it, it comes from the root word where we get the word eclipse. So what he's saying is if you get in the secret place, then you'll be eclipsed by the power of the Almighty. Hallelujah. In other words, you'll be overshadowed by his power. Come on, somebody say amen. In other words, that means I get to have his power overshadow my weakness. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. So I've got to, I've got to change the way I think because the next verse he says, I will say of the Lord. Come on, somebody say, I will say. Look at somebody say, I will Say. I want you to emphasize will. I will say. Do you realize that you have a choice about the words that come out of your mouth? Come on. Do you realize it? You can choose what you say. I know some of you think that there's no filter, that if you think it, it's got to come out of your mouth. But you know, you can make a choice and say, I ain't going to say that. He said, I will say, I choose to say. Come on, somebody say amen. It's I will to say because when I get my thinking right, it's going to start affecting what comes out of my mouth. See, a lot of times the stuff we say just be better, not, better off unsaid. But you know, what you say always reveals what's in you and releases what faith that you do have. Come on, somebody say amen. And you begin to... You begin to you know, say things that actually get you out of line with the secret place. They pull you to the right. Or they pull you to the left. He said, don't even look to the right or the left. Just keep on the straight. See, the path that Jesus talked about, he said, you know, he said, there's a gate and snug is the way. I like to say snug, tight narrow, that leads to life. In other words, sometimes to get down that path, you got to suck it up. Now, some of y'all may not have any experience with that, but I do. Some places you go, you got to suck it up. Come on, how many of you know what? We sat down last night at this restaurant and I had to suck it up and slide in the booth. Come on. I couldn't eat as freely because I had to suck it up, but I was hungry, so I was going to sit there. Come on, somebody say amen. The guy behind me had pushed the booth back. He had that much room between him and the table. I started to get in the shoving match with him, but I just sucked it up. Come on, sometimes you just got to suck it up and shut it up. Come on, you got to choose what comes out of your, your mouth, you know, by, by willing to say the right things by changing the way you think. See, a lot of times our thinking gets messed up because of damage. Come on, well, what happened? We get hurt, we get wounded, we get discouraged, we go through a disappointment, we go through a situation dealing with people or things, our plans don't work out, our prayers don't get answered the way we think they ought to, or people let us down. How many of you have been let down by somebody? Glad my wife kept her hand down this morning. Come on, how many, how many ever had somebody disappoint you? I mean, I've even known people that say they don't go to church because they got hurt by a preacher. Come on, get over it. 
I mean, if, if, I mean what, what if all the preachers decided they wasn't going to preach no more because they got hurt by somebody in the church? Huh? Come on, because I mean, you no, know, folks, you got to admit it. When you, don't, when you got, don't see eye to eye with us, you can be mean. I said, well, that's, that's kind of straightforward. Well, it is. And it's because you got something messed up in your mind. You're willing to say the wrong thing. Come on, touch somebody and say, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> I got one everybody can see now. Well, you know not to shoot at me because you can stink, you know, I ain't camouflaged. You so. so you got to start thinking right. You know, we'll justify our bad thinking. We'll learn to get used to it. I was driving my truck. It broke down, so I was driving this white truck, which is actually my wife's truck that the front end was all messed up on. So I had to have a truck, so I was driving it. And it's amazing how you just learn to adjust. It was pulling. It was whining. It was squeaking. It was, and I would, I would just... And I'd get home, I'd be tired after driving that truck. <laughs> Wear me out, you know, because it's just kind of lean you over and get you uncomfortable and you kind of keep. Huh? It's kind of like when I went to the chiropractor one day, I would go to a horse chiropractor. He's a licensed equine. Horse, horse, chiropractor. And on Tuesday, he'd work on people. <laughs> But he couldn't charge on because, I mean, he was a license for horses, not people. So, but he, so he had a little room, you know, and, and I walked in one day and I was all crippled and bent. You know, I've been, he said, what happened to you? I said, I got kicked in the back and the leg. I went to get feet. I didn't go to get adjusted. And he said, well, let me give you an adjustment. It wasn't Tuesday. It was another day. I said, that's why I didn't come on Tuesday because I knew you didn't work on humans on Tuesday, you know. Because have you ever seen a horse chiropractor work on a horse? It's different than the chiropractor. They use a rubber mallet and, and you know, and chains and ropes and, and, and you know, just whack. And he said, I'm going to adjust you. And I said, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be all right. He said, no, I'm going to adjust you. No, sir, I'm okay. He said, I'm going to adjust you. And he's a great old big guy, 6'5", you know, looked like a linebacker for the Giants or something, you know. And he, he, he takes me in there and lays me down on the table and pulls my boots off. Throw them in a trash can. Said, you don't, those boots are wore out. You don't need to put them back on. You'll be right back in the same condition. Said, now, I could have got another pair of boots and I'd have wore them the same way. But he fixed to make an adjustment. He, he stuck a bunch of acupuncture needles in my Back in the back end and my legs and my and, and then he thump them. And every time he thump them, I'd <laughs> look like I was doing the big fig Newton. How many of you remember that big fig Newton dance in the tricky part? You see if I remember that? Ooey gooey, rich and chewy inside, tender cakey, golden flaky outside, wrap the inside and the outside, and it's good darn tootin'. It's the big fig newton. Here's the tricky part, the big fig newton. One more time, the big fig newton. Anyway, give y'all something to think about the rest of the day. And uh, so that's what I felt like though. So I was laying on my belly and he'd thumping. Ah, ah, and, and you know, and 
Nobody there to save me because it ain't human day, it's horse day, you know. So, and I can hear him out there working on a horse while he's waiting on the acupuncture to work on me. And you know, when you hear it, whack, you know, and, and looking out, I can see. And he got this big rubber mallet, and this one horse, bad out of adjustment, has hit me. He gets there, and then I take this big rubber mallet, whop! And the horse goes, Ugh. And then he walks me in the room where I am with the rubber mallet. <laughs> oh my lord what's he gonna do with these needles now and well, he pulls all the needles out and he laid the mallet down thank you lord and and he grabbed me he grabbed my leg and yanked my leg and pulled it up over my head and that made me do things i can't do i mean i am a lot of things and one thing i ain't limber that's one thing i ain't you know my wife can put her leg behind her head and i can barely get mine up like that to cross it to put my socks on and so but he's got me twisted and contorted up, you know, and then, and then he'd yank it, you know, and you'd pop and crack, and then he'd jump on my back and pop and crack, and then he'd flip me over, you know, and he'd grab my arms and crack, crack, and then he set me up and got me in a sleeper hold like the Von Erichs, you know. Remember the Fritz Von Erich, you remember the sleeper hold? And, it, and I'm thinking, oh. I'm screaming, no! Like a girl. And whack. Then he gets me to the other side. Whack. He says, all right, you can go home now. And I stood up and walked out straight and pain-free. Come on, somebody say amen. Went and bought me a new pair of boots. You know, sometimes the adjustment process is harder on us. Come on, than we think it's going to be. We think it's going to be painful, but, you know, some of us just need to change. Come on, some of us need to change the way we think. We think if we change the way we think, we're going to die. Come on, you know, you've been thinking that way all your life, and you think, if i got to change, you know, like you said, when, when you realize that truly and reali realistically you have to forgive somebody. Amen. You know, you've been thinking for years that they deserve my wrath. <laughs> and God has made an exception for them. We, you know, anything with an X in front of it, we think means it's an exception. So any X's that we might have in our life, ex-bosses or you know, wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever, ex, you know, whatever. Then, oh, yeah, well, we don't have to forgive them. Then all of a sudden, God starts saying, yeah, you do. Amen. Because you can't get anything working in your life. You're out of the secret place as long as you've got unforgiveness in your heart. Boy, y'all got Presbyterian in 30 seconds. <laughs> y'all laughing and shouting, and all of a sudden... That's one of them wow moments. You know, and giving, it's like that, you know. You wonder why you stay broke all the time, because you're stingy. Huh? You're greedy. And you think, you think all the preacher wants is my money. No. The preacher doesn't want your money. God doesn't want your money. He doesn't need your money. Come on. You know, and he could have made a way to make all this ministry stuff work without you being involved. He could have, he could have provided for it with ever giving you an opportunity to be a part of it. Amen. Come on, somebody. If he didn't want you to be able to get involved, see, the thing is that God wants you to give not so that you can provide for the ministry, but so that you can be involved in the process. And giving is not about uh, uh, providing. Giving is about lordship and stewardship and love. 
God gave because he loved. Come on, somebody say amen. You give because you love. And when you learn to love to give, come on, somebody say amen. All of a sudden, it changes something in your life and in your heart, and you become a, 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 under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the love of God is in you because you're giving out of love. Then there is no way to stop what God will do to bless you. Hallelujah. See, there's always a benefit to being in line. I mean, I mean, how many of you like to be overshadowed by the provision of God during a bad economy? No, the bad economy's going on, so everybody's got to go broke. How come? Because we're overshadowed by higher power. Come on, somebody say amen. And when you ain't supposed to be having provision, God is overwhelming you with his provision. Come on. Come on, touch somebody and say hallelujah. See, the thing is, is that you've got to learn to get in the secret place and stay there. Because, see, that's what the enemy wants to do is get you out of the secret place. Get you greedy. Get you unforgiving. Get you walking in malice. Get you walking in depression. Get you walking in, you know, fear. And then get you to say the wrong thing. Somebody look at somebody and say, you've got to get your mind right. I don't know. Come on, tell somebody else. Say, you, get your mind right. You know. And that's not always easy because your mind's been formed the way it is for years. You've lived under the influence of the world and lived under the influence of goofy people and, and, and you know, and around people that try to influence the devil uses people to get you and you get your mind all messed up and then you wind up like the Egyptians going in circles for 40 years. And they just kept going around and around and around and around and around for 40 years and their shoes never did wear out. Can you imagine how worn and pigeon-toed they were after 40 years of going around in circles? You know, it's a blessing to have shoes for 40 years. Come on, somebody say, I mean, how many of you got a pair of boots you've had for years and years, or a pair of shoes? You love them. They stink and they're wore out, but you still love them. Come on. I mean, I like good shoes and good boots. I, don't, I used to, when I got married, my wife bought her shoes at Payless. She went to pilot because she could buy four or five pairs, same kind, different colors, you know, and get them for eight dollars a piece. I said, I said yeah. you know, I well, I had a revelation years ago, Roland. First, got called in the ministry. I had athlete's foot real bad. Have I ever told y'all about my athlete's foot problem? Really, really bad. I mean, I had the botch of Egypt growing in my feet. I mean, it was. I don't know what a botch is, but I had, that's a botch right there. That's a botch. And it was horrible. I mean, it just made my feet stink and my, my, it just, my bleed. And I, you know, I couldn't, and it was just awful. And I tried everything. Somebody told me to wash it with lava soap. How many of you know what a lava, if you wash it with lava soap, it'll heal. And all it did was just, it was excruciating. Pumice, you know, soap, just so one day I was in the shower, and, 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 and the, the scripture came to me. It says, how lovely are the feet of those who preach good news. I'm just standing in the shower, and I just started praising the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my lovely feet, because I can't preach with these feet. I have to have lovely feet to preach. Because <laughs> you said, how lovely are the feet. And I said, I can't go around the world preaching the gospel with feet like this. Come on, somebody say Amen. I mean, and I'm saying, I'm praising God for my lovely feet. Thank you, Jesus, for lovely feet. And I'm taking my shower. You know, I just come in from work. And next thing I know, the water washed down my leg. 
washed off my foot and washed all of it right off my foot. Just like this, whoosh, I had brand new, brand new skin on my feet. I mean, I mean, healed instantly, miraculously. Man, I jumped out of the shower and started shouting all around the bedroom, glory to God, you know, and I was all excited and the doorbell rang. <laughs> so I put on my, my terry cloth bathrobe <laughs> that I still have. Come on, I mean, this, I was 18 years old when this happened. I still have that bathrobe. Terry cloth. Love it. I'll never get rid of it. I, I let her wash it once a year so it'll stay together. Come on, somebody save me. <laughs> She's tried to throw it away, and I had to fish it out, man. No, uh-uh. And, uh, <laughs> so I put on my bathrobe, and I went to the door, you know, and opened the door. There's a lady that I knew that owned a shoe store. And she said, I was driving down the road about 30, 45 minutes ago, and the Lord spoke to me and told me to bring you this. And she handed me a big old sack and said, I don't have time to stay. Thank God, because I'm in my bathrobe. You know? <laughs> and she left, got in her car and drove off. Well, I went in the bedroom and pulled a box out of the, the sack. It was a box of boots. Those old Pentecostal preacher boots, what I called them. You remember the ones that had the zipper up the side? All the, <laughs> zipped up. They were, give me a good brand name of shoe. I hadn't bought shoes in so long. I don't even know what good brand shoes. I know, you know, Justin, Ariat, Lucchese, but I don't know. No, not Kohan. It was before Kohan and Gucci. This was, thank you, though. Thank you. Thank you. No, it wasn't Stacey Adams. Wasn't Nunbush. No, it was before Kenneth Cole. No, Doc Martin wasn't even born. <laughs> they used to make real nice wing tips. Florsham, Florsham, thank you, Jesus. Florsham. I put in, in seven pair of brand new socks. Now, I don't know why the Lord told her. To, well, I do know why the Lord told her. She didn't know. I put on a pair of those new socks, those new boots, with my new bath, my old bathrobe, and I had a shouting Holy Ghost fit right there. Have lovely feet. God, thank you, Lord. Well, from that point on, I've been wearing good shoes. I don't buy, you know, I buy, and my wife wears good shoes. Come on. I believe how good shoes make a difference. On, on your feet. But, you know, even good shoes can get wore out. After walking and walking and walking, especially if you get out of adjustment. Next thing you know, you'll be pigeon-toed, bow-legged, not need all at one time. Come on, somebody. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? But, but, and, and if you keep walking that way, your mind will start telling that's how you're supposed to walk. Huh? You got to get your mind right. I broke my leg when I was in third grade, wore cast for, up, up to my hip, you know, and, and when it finally got out of the cast, it was a compound fracture. They had to teach me how to walk without a limp again. I had to go through physical therapy, occupational therapy, and psychological, psychiatric. <laughs> At least that's what they told me it was for anyway. Because even after I got the cast off, I still wanted to walk like this. Because <laughs> I've been walking like that for, you know, 10 weeks. <laughs> Come on. See, some of y'all been through some stuff. And you've been broken. You've been hurt. You've been disappointed. You've been disgusted. You've been, and, and you got a mental problem now. And ain't your legs healed, but you're still walking like this. 
Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all are amen in I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about the way you act, the way you behave. Because, and then anytime something happens, you say the wrong thing. Amen. And every time you say the wrong thing, you step out of the shadow. You step out of the secret place. Come on, touch somebody next to you and say, wow, he's really working you over good this morning, isn't he? So you got to get your mind right, and then you got to get your mouth right. See, once you get your mouth, your mind right, and your heart right, then it really has an effect on your mouth because what's coming out of your mouth is just what's in your heart. Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks." Come on, somebody said, "But the but getting your mouth right," James said, "can control the entire course of your life." He said, "Like putting a bit in a horse's mouth, a rudder on a ship. What you got coming out of your mouth is going to so so you got to get your heart and your mind right with the word." So that you stay in the secret place by staying in line with keeping your mind in line and your mouth in line, lined up with God and his word. And that keeps you in the secret place. Uh, Hallelujah. Because you can't be there without the word. Come on, somebody say amen. See, that's the secret that we have. We got the word to instruct us, to help us, to guide us, to strengthen us, to keep us in the secret place, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, does anybody get anything out of this so far? See, when I get overshadowed, then it's more him and less of me. And you don't see me, you see him. Come on, somebody say amen. Where Paul said, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. His, his strength overtakes my weakness because I've just lined up with him. Miracles start happening. You know, Mary, just a teenage girl, minding her own business. All of a sudden, Angel Gabriel showed up. Said, hell thou. Blessed art thou among women. And I mean, she says, what kind of salutation is that? We'd say greeting. And what kind of greeting is that? He said, I'm come from God. You're going to have a child. Shall be of the most high. He shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. Well, you know. She did what most of us would do. Probably not what I would have done. I'd have probably said things she didn't say that I can't repeat in church. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, and you know you would too. Said, don't you think we ought to just be real sometime, not act like we all, okay, thank you. She was just real. She said, how can that happen? I ain't even been with a man. Don't even, you know, don't know a man's what it said in the Bible, but there's more to knowing than knowing, you know. She said, I don't know a man. See, the first thing we used to do when God starts talking to us in miraculous terms is we don't know the right people. We need somebody to facilitate this miracle. He said, well, the power of the Most High shall come upon you and overshadow you. So what you lack from the human standpoint will be overwhelmed by the supernatural. And what you conceive will be of God. 
Now, she didn't argue with him. She didn't say, yeah, but. She didn't give him any, you know, discussion about how, you know. No, she just said, okay, according to your word, be it unto me. She lined up with it. And she conceived. And then she went to tell her cousin. I love it. And the cousin shows up at the cousin's house, and the cousin just looked at her. She started telling her what happened, and the baby inside the cousin started leaping for joy. Come on, somebody say amen. You know, the problem is we hang around people that ain't got nothing in them leaping for joy with us. Come on, somebody, you need to get around somebody that's got the same thing working in them, and y'all just get together and let them leap for joy together. Come on, somebody say amen. We'll get around people, they'll talk us out of it, and we'll abort the miracle because we don't know the right people or don't have the right position or we don't have the right t contacts or we don't have this or we don't have that. Next thing you know, we're talking about, oh, it can't happen, it's impossible. You know what a miracle is? A miracle is when something happens that ain't supposed to happen. That's just a simple way of putting it. It's when it ain't supposed to happen, it happens anyway. Come on, somebody say amen. You need to get around people that's expecting things that ain't supposed to happen to happen in their life, and y'all need to get together and just have a Holy Ghost fit together. Hallelujah. Say something in me got excited about what's working in you. Hallelujah. And she had a baby. It happened. I said, well, yeah, but she was perfect. She was, God chose her, and now she's the Mother Mary. She was a teenage girl living in a mud hut. And sometimes I wonder if he didn't just pick the first one he came to. I don't know. I mean, I'm, that's up for argument. But he might have just showed up. And, hey, there's one. She's cute. Because I'm telling you right now, God can make a miracle out of a teenager in a mud hut. I'm telling you right now. If you'll line up with his word, it doesn't matter. Glory to God, he can turn things around mighty quick. Hallelujah. All you got to learn to do is say, according to your word, be it unto me. In other words, I'll line up with whatever you say, Lord. See, he said, I'll say of the Lord. I'll say of the Lord. I'll say of the Lord. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. Uh, my God in him will I trust. Hallelujah. I will say of the Lord. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my provider. He is my helper. He is the way where there is no way. He's everything that I need. See, the problem with a lot of us is we hadn't had that encounter to where we know who he is because we hadn't listened to him long enough to let him tell us who he is. Showed up at Abraham's house, Abram at the time, and said, hey, I am almighty God. I am El Shaddai. See, Abraham had been thinking like a lot of us think. Like the 23rd Samuel says, my cup runs over. And, and the world's got us trying to figure out how to live with a half a glass. Is your glass half full or half empty? Got to learn to have a half full glass mentality. I was listening to a radio program. They were talking about that. And I was saying, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Get by with half enough. God spoke to me when they say, I ain't no half glass God. He said, I want your cup to run over, son. Said, quit thinking half glass and start thinking the cup run over and then start saying my cup runneth over. Come on, somebody say amen. Look at somebody say my cup runneth over. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel good. This, I mean, I something about I just I get. Yes, 
The world's trying to get us to figure out how to live with half enough. The devil, oh, yeah, that's the best it's going to get. Come on. Then you have a few bad experiences, and they just pile on. I mean, remember playing pile on. Did you ever play pile on when you was a kid? That means whoever got tackled, you pile on top of them. So you was already hurt from getting knocked down. Now everybody jumps on top of you. Come on, it created claustrophobia in me. You try to lay on top of me, I'll beat the daylights out of you. I can tell you that right now. I want him to crawl under the house. I barely can get under the car to work on something. You know, I change all. But I'm getting delivered in Jesus' name. But why should I? I don't need to be under there anyway. Thank you, Lord. The devil just tries to pile on, so the next thing you know, you're just talking about what you are. I'm broke. I'm sick. I'm claustrophobic. I'm depressed. I'm fearful. I'm this. I'm that. I'm this. I'm that. Instead of looking at situations, say, wait a minute. Hallelujah. I'm going to say this. The Lord's my refuge. I said, well, that's easy, you know, when you're in church. Yeah, it is. But when all hell breaks loose in your life, that's when you got to learn to say it right then. He's my God, and I'm trusting in him, and I'm not going to let the noisome pestilence affect my thinking or my vocabulary or my behavior. It's just noisome pestilence. It's just the devil making noise. Come on, somebody say amen to try to get me to think wrong and talk wrong and walk wrong to get me out from under the the the, the secret place, out of the secret place and out from under the shadow so he can then inflict damage to my life. So he wants you to th- change who you say he is. Jesus asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Said, you're a prophet. He said, who do you say? I'm? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, that's right. And flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my father is in heaven and I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What I just showed you is who I am. It's what I'm going to build this whole thing on. Amen. You know, how many of you have lived the perfect life and been a perfect Christian all your Christian life? Anybody raise your hand, we're going to have an altar call for liars. I mean, I, I identify with Peter a lot. Come on. Because anybody else identify with Peter? I get mad, lose my temper, and say stuff, and I really do, believe it or not. Just ask my wife. And I mean, you deal with things like I deal with. When you deal with me, sometimes you just got to lose your temper. And when they kick you, sometimes it's appropriate to kick them back. (laughs) I mean, she's yelling at me one day. I had one of a horse named Julio, and he kicked me right in the back of the leg. I was trying to shoot him. You know, he kicked me, and I just turned around, pow, pow. She said, quit kicking that horse. I said, he kicked me first. I didn't cuss, but the grass died everywhere I spit right there. I mean, I was mad. And I reached under and picked, I just touched his foot, and he picked it up and handed it to me and stood there. Like, it's all right. We worked it out. That's how they communicate with each other. When I got a mean horse that comes over, I got this big black and white mare, I just put him in the pen with her. She backs her ears and runs over and looks at them like that, and if they don't respond, she'll bite them, and then she'll whip around, she'll kick them about five times and back them in the corner and dare them to move. I said, that's how they treat each other. So every once in a while, you got to treat one like that. Come on, son, that's how they communicate. 
And then sometimes that seeps over when it ain't healthy. And somebody does something and you pop off at the mouth. Peter was like that. I mean, he went from blessed art thou Simon Barjona to get thee behind me Satan in five verses. Come on, am I right or am I right? Come on. I mean, anybody ever done that? You know, you went from blessed, blessed, blessed to get thee behind me, you foul devil. My wife's done me that way. Oh, bless you, son. bless you, bless you, bless you. Take the trash out, you. <laughs> Identify with Peter. Well, Peter, you know, he had some problems. And he denied the Lord. Three times. You know, that's why preachers all like chicken. That's how I knew I was called to preach. That's how I woke up wanting to quit my job and craving chicken. You know, I said, so why do preachers eat so much chicken? Because the rooster told off on Peter and the preacher been trying to eat him ever since. Well, anyway, here Peter is denying the Lord, you know, and he's, he's feeling bad about himself. How many of you know you beat yourself up more than the devil does, more than God does? I mean, he's, he's all beat up by it, and he's, I'm going back to fishing. How many of you know you'll gravitate back to whatever it was you was messed up with before you got right, if you let yourself, you know? You get discouraged, disappointed, upset. I'm going back to fishing. Well, then he went fishing, and my goodness, he caught 153 large fish, the Bible says. I mean, anybody's book, anybody's book, 153 large fish in one day of fishing is a pretty good day. And they're standing there looking at that pile of fish, and the Lord walks up. And Jesus, after, you know, he walks up and says, hey. And you're standing there admiring your fish, and here comes Jesus, you know. You stand there admiring your money, you know, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost shows up. Admiring your car or your girlfriend. And he's sitting there thinking, man. Jesus walks up and looks at him and says, do you love me more than these? Now, what was he talking about? He had to be pointing at the fish. When Peter looks up at him and says, why, uh... I mean, you're reading the King James, it sounds all King Jamesy, but you know, Peter wasn't no King James. He didn't speak in a proper ain't, you know, he he was a he was a redneck. <laughs> Come on. He he was. He was an unlearned and ignorant fisherman. I mean, that's what the, they said he was, so I mean, you know. So Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter looked at him and said, well, I like you a lot. <laughs> You're a bud. So, I mean, the Greek bears that out, different words, you know. And he said, he said, then feed my sheep. He said, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, let's hang out. Let's go fishing. Feed my sheep. And he looks at him. And, I don't know, have you ever had God deal with you like that two or three times, you know? And you avoid the issue. Has anybody ever avoided the issue? Come on. I mean, I, I do that sometimes with my wife. I avoid the issue because I don't want to deal with the problem, you know. Change the subject. Anybody else ever done that? 
Peter's trying to change the subject, but Jesus keeps zeroing in. Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know I love you. He said, then follow me. Get back on the path that I ordained for you, not to be a fisherman, but to feed my lambs. And you may go where you don't want to go. You may be led where you don't want to be led. Nevertheless, let your affection determine your direction. And you will always walk under my shadow and my presence. And Peter obviously did what Jesus said because he wound up in the upper room. He wound up being baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. And he walked out of that room and preached the first gospel message of the New Testament and won 3,000 people to Jesus. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. You know, Peter wasn't perfect. He got out of line, but Jesus' love brought him back into line. Come on, see, God's not going to give up on you just because you're out of line and your alignment is off. He wants to just get you back in line. And the, and the way you get back in line is just by realizing in your heart you really do love him more than anything else. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just got to stand there and declare your love for God. You know, I, I, my wife, I told her I loved her when I married her, and, you know, I expected that that would be all I needed to say. And if, unless it changed, and it ain't changed. I told her I loved her, and she ought to know it. When I walk in with a wad of money in my hand, she ought to know I love her. Come on, somebody say amen. Even though it stays in my pocket, she ought to know I love her. <laughs> but, you know, she wants to hear it. Ever so often, number one, and number two, ever so often, I need to say it. More than ever so often. I need to say it all the time. Come on. I need to talk to the Lord that I, Lord, I love you this morning. You know, I'm lo I love you, and, and because I love you, I want to give myself to you 100% today. Whatever you want from me out of this love. Well, Jesus said, you go feed my land. Well, Peter, listen, in Acts chapter 5 has had this great encounter. He's had an alignment. He's starting to walk in a different way and the bible says that they bring the sick and the demon possessed to lay them in his shadow come on to be healed he's not it's not his shadow he's being overshadowed he is being eclipsed by the power of the most high and people are being healed god wants to overshadow you he wants to overshadow me you might have been through some things we all have. And he's not standing there saying, I'm tired of dealing with you in your mouth. Your hot-headed behavior. I'm tired of you. you. You denied me. The Bible says even though we deny him, he's faithful to us. No, he's saying, do you love me? If you love me, Come let me give you a realignment today. Come let me touch you. Heal you. Deliver you. Straighten your gate so that you can quit going in the same circle you've been going in and you can walk the narrow way into life. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands up before the Lord and let's tell him we love him this morning. Come on, tell him that you love him. Come on, love him for just a minute. Hallelujah. Just tell him that you love him. And, 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 and let me ask you this morning, if you need an adjustment and you know it, 
You've been pulling to the right or the left. And you're out of line going in circles. And you realize God's voice is speaking to you today. I want you to get up out of your seat. And I want you to come up here real quick. Hallelujah. It's already 1230. So I want to pray for you this morning before we go home. Real quickly, come right now. So I need an adjustment. I need an alignment. I'm, I'm out of line and I know it and I need to get it right this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. Come quickly. Come quickly so we can pray. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm just, when you get here, just lift your hands and begin to tell Jesus how much you love him. Just, just begin to tell him. Just talk to him. Just tell him just like you would your, your, your child or your friend or your, your, your spouse, your, 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 your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Just begin to say, I love you, Lord. I don't, do you all remember that old song we used to sing, I love you more than anything? Real simple. I love you more than anything I love That's it. Come on, just begin to sing that to Jesus. More than anything. Come on, everybody in the building, just begin to sing that to Jesus. Lord, Lord, I give my life to you. Come on, just lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. More than anything, I love. flow. Lord, Lord, I give my life to you. Come on, church. Come on, y'all stretch your hands out as we sing and I pray. Come on, stretch your hands out to each one this morning. More than anything I love More than anything Let that flow. Let that flow. Oh, yeah. Because I love Jesus, I love you. I love you. Yes. 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 Yeah, there it is. There's the anointing. That's it. Let it, just let it work. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just embrace him as he embraces you. Come on, church. Why don't the rest of you stand up and let's sing it with our hands up raised and worship him. I love you, Lord. give my life to thank you. you. Thank you, thank you. Come on, come on. Now sing, I praise you. I praise you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you are. 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 There you go. That's it. That's the anointing. Come on, let it work. That's him. That's him. That's him. That's him. That's his touch. That's his overshadowing right now. Oh, that's his healing. Hallelujah. Yes, I give my life. I give my life. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Anything I pray. Yeah, there it is. 
There it is. There it is. Lord, Come on. He got, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's, it. that's, it. that's a Holy you. Ghost breaking. Hallelujah. Oh, broken places. Broken places being made whole in Jesus' name. Broken places being made whole in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus. There it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. Come on. Yeah, this is a new day in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Lord. Yeah, there it is. Hallelujah. Come on, sing it again. I praise you. I praise you. Give my life Hallelujah. to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I, I love, love you. Come on, everybody sing. More than anything I love. Yeah. More than anything I love you. Lord, I give my life to you. Now, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Just stay right where you are for just a minute. I want. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember... Keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.